Hi, Nora. Hi, Kath. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm a little frantic, I will admit, but uh, I'm happy. I came into your home and I just felt my stress levels dropping. It's like a, you've got a very great Zen space here. Really? It's very peaceful. Are you just At saying that? At least compared that? to my <laughs> terrible day, it's very peaceful. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I just yeah. moved. Yeah, so, it's great. Yeah. Really great. <laughs> Same building, one floor up. <laughs> mm. I wanted to get your opinion on this because you live in the country yes. part of the time. Yes. Um, so there was a really interesting piece at uh, City Lab, which is one of the uh, websites that The Atlantic runs. That's right. And they were doing a whole thing about, um, you know, the whole small-scale urban farming where people will take over, like, abandoned lots or, like, rooftop gardens or whatever. And um, You did that on Spark. Oh, God, quite a while ago. It was, it was spin farming, I think. Yeah, yeah. So this is anyway, this is kind of like intensive, small-scale urban farming. And so they had a little thing um, based on a study that was done about this kind of trend and how well it's doing. It's a researcher named Carolyn Dimitri from NYU. She and her colleagues found that when they looked at urban farmers in the U.S., that about two-thirds of them say they're failing to make a living. So their sales, not their income, but their sales, are less than $10,000 a year. So that would be about right. In spite of the fact that they're doing all of these kinds of, you know, supposedly trendy, popular things that people with a lot of excess cash want, it's still not actually uh, working out. So did that, that didn't surprise you? Not at all. They actually did pretty well to pull in 10K. Hmm. It depends. I'm not like, I don't know what the size of their operation is, but if you're going to make a go of it, frankly, for this sort of thing to work, what we need is government subsidies hmm. to get it going. That's yeah. the only way it's going to work. Huh. If the price, if like for regular people to be able to afford to eat healthy food and for people to be able to farm at this level, at least at the beginning, government subsidies. You know, I love the Toronto farmers market scene. Like, it's great to go and everything. But if you go any time other than, like, the end of September when it's peak harvest and they're trying yeah. to get rid of everything, it's really expensive. Like, for me, it's like, it's a luxury, it's a treat or whatever. But there's no way if you're making, like, even a moderate income, like, it's way too expensive. It is, but it's funny, you know, at least once or twice a week, I make a point of trying to eat a really, really well-grown and well-fed, because I eat meat, mm -hmm. meal, yes. the difference in how I feel the next day. I do that for every weekend. Right. And how I feel on Monday, and then when I start throwing the garbage in, there, it really is a, there really is a difference, and I think that we would see it. Healthcare would see it yeah. down the road. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you make the point about having uh, subsidized funding for this kind of thing, because I also came across this other interesting uh, article that was in Modern Farmer. Oh, very good. I was quite impressed when I saw you had Modern Farmer. I love to read Modern Farmer. They had this thing about like little uh, fresh food markets. Oh, I loved it. That were put in often in like disused buses and things like that, but basically by where people are taking public transit. So the idea is places that are food deserts, so where you only can shop in like the 7-Eleven or whatever, like there, there aren't proper grocery stores and people have a really hard time and the food is more expensive and stuff. So what they've done is basically put these kinds of mobile farm stands 
close to where people are getting public transit yeah. so that they can pick up food on the way. And there's some really interesting models. They report on a couple of different models from different um, cities in the U.S. Like there's one in Dayton, Ohio, where people who are homeless are working there, which gives them... Which is a great idea. Which is a great idea because it gives them like a little bit of work experience. It also gives them access to um, the food. I guess they get a discount on the food or whatever. But all these little models. But the interesting thing is that almost all of them were not just private sector things. They were all like either, in the Dayton example, uh, organizations to do with homeless people. Right. Or in other cases, it was like the transit authority partnering up. So they were kind of public-private partnerships to try and But it's like, a great thing this. because, as you were saying, what a great term, food desert? Yeah, food desert. Yeah, yeah. because there's nothing there. For miles around, you've got mini-marts, mm-hmm. and there's nothing. There's no decent food there yeah. for people to eat. They don't have cars. How are they going to get it? I loved it. I thought that was wonderful. Yeah. But, you know, there is one thing that would work. The people could do. Now, it would take an awful lot of work, and I don't know if people want to do this or not. You could, I know, I could grow enough food to feed my family. I'm not going to get into the urban gardens because I don't have enough of a knowledge of that. But I know that I could grow enough food to feed myself, just to chuck it in the freezer to go around the year. Sometimes you have to eat, you know, gross root vegetables all year round. Like this time of the year, it's like, I like root vegetables. Or you know, people get better at um, putting things down, right? Like if you buy a bushel of tomatoes at the height of the season, then it's not that expensive, and you can make tons of sauce. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. So you're right. I do think it is a luxury thing right now for people yeah. who have tons of cash. Yeah, but. Government subsidies, listen to us, government <laughs> folks. That's what it needs. And I think it would be a wonderful thing and we'd have a much healthier population. Mm. Now, my story isn't quite as good. No, it's, it's just as good. <laughs> it's just not, down. no, I'm not putting myself down. It's not as, you know, heartwarming. Mm. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's more like, it's about me and, you know, how I love those tiny houses and trailers. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm back. Okay. <laughs> With the trailer. But this little kind of trailer you could definitely use if you rented some farmland to grow your own food. Mm-hmm. Nice segue. Yes, huh? yeah. Because you could. No, it's a little something. It was designed by a guy, a NASA engineer by his name of Garrett Finney. Mm-hmm. And he calls it the Tiger Moth. And it's only 910 pounds. Mm-hmm. And it's a towable. So that means you can actually put it on a car. Yeah. So this is the kind of thing. Yeah, it's a trailer. So it goes like you attach it to the back of your car and drive it around. Yeah. It's really cool. Did you look at the movie? I did. The There's movie. a great little video. We'll post a, a link to it. I guess he's taken all of his experience with NASA and using every square inch. There's like these um, little sort of bungee containers that cling to the ceiling that mm-hmm. you could store your food and your clothing in. And there's um, a couch that slides down into a bed. There's also a kitchen. You can lift up the back. No, it doesn't have a fridge, but it's got like a little Coleman stove. Yeah. And it's got something to pump water. And it goes in the bed. Yes, and a really really cool way to slide out to a bed, too. Yeah, it slides out into a bed, and then underneath all of the... You know, the platform that you're sleeping on or sitting on all has storage underneath it as well. So it was yeah. very well thought out. I liked the fact that it looked a little bit homemade in a sense. Like it's it, really homemade. You know, like it, like it's a commercial product, but it didn't look like it had obviously expertise, but not a ton of money behind it, which, yeah. is, which was kind of cool because you really see the guy's ingenuity in it. And I was thinking as I was watching a video, like, 
what is it about us that like loves it's like the the spy gear thing like the yeah. secret compartment that folds out into something else like there's something about that that is so yeah. delightful well that's what got me well actually my cousin kevin built something sort of like this called the kevy and it's something that you can take around and have a huge picnic mm. you know but anyway but the this, so this thing is day. basically for yeah. camping or if you wanted to you like could that guard thing, you were going to go out to say a farm area and stay overnight and garden or something but um just on that mini home thing, I have to say that there's been a bit of pushback on these tiny homes. Like I read a piece, I think it was in the Globe and Mail, with somebody talking about how she and her family have this really tiny little cabin yeah. in Nova Scotia, I think. And it's, you know, it's supposed to be really well planned out and everything. But she said, like, realistically, the only reason it actually works is because you're there in the summertime and you're out in the countryside. Like if you actually had to be inside this tiny little home with your husband and your two kids you'd probably go like completely nuts. So it did with a little bit of cold water on that idea that these tiny little homes, even if they're well-planned. I think it would be challenging, but we're seeing this in the city as you know, condos get smaller and smaller feet or whatever. Yeah. Like how big is the house? Their house has got to be 400 square feet. I don't know. You could never get away from them. (laughs) (laughs) I just imagine a winter night, like just tick tock, tick tock, just staring at each other. But again, you know, you get the Nassau guys in like Gary Finney and have him, you know, work out the gizmos with all the space. Yes. Yes. Anyway, it's very cool. Do look at the video. Yeah. Go to the sniffer.net or um, you can find it on your phone. Yeah. It's well worth looking at to see that tiger moth. Bye. Bye.